Megan. And I'm Sue, and this is Runner Girls, a podcast about women brought together by a love of running. And it is June, officially. Summer is almost here, I think. <laughs> How are things in North Carolina? They're good. There are five more days of school left. One more week, I can make it. <laughs> and then I'll have so much more time to do things. It's exciting. Any plans for summer? Not really. I have a friend I want to go visit in Florida and uh, marathon training. Ooh, marathon training. What's that like? Uh, I'm not sure because I haven't done it in two years. (laughs) (laughs) Has it really been two years? Yeah, 2016 was when I ran my first because it was 26 miles for 26. Oh, that's true. And I'm 28 now. And yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's been, well, a few more months, and it's been almost a year since I've trained for anything, <laughs> running-wise. But you're you're going through with it. You're going through the fall marathon. Yeah, I'm registered. I'm signed up. I'm doing it. Uh, I got to start training for it. That's awesome. So we're still going to have some running to talk about, which is great. Yes, I'll be doing it. I got it. I'm just kind of waiting for school. I was going to get started And then, too, on top of that, we've had, like, monsoon, like, rains here the past two or three weeks. So every time I have time after work, it's just been raining nonstop, thunderstorming, which I was looking back at my Facebook in about the same time last year. It did it, too. Yeah. I was like, okay, so this is just North Carolina's time. Yeah. Time of the year. I was going to say time of the month, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same thing, really. Time of the month, time of the year to uh, just pour. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully the rain lets up soon, right? Yeah, it's been sunny today, and so I'm hoping we're done with rain for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It'll be hotter, but yeah. that's okay. Well, heat acclimation will be good. You know, yes. get out there, run in the heat, and then when fall comes, hopefully it'll cool a little. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's always the wish anyway. So, yeah, I don't, no, no running plans for me right now, like at all. Um, my feet are still an issue. I'm still lifting, but I'm not doing any like weight bearing. Like I'm not doing any heavy squats or deadlifts, anything like that, where I'm standing and lifting weight at the same time. All of my, um, upper body lifts like my my bench press and my overhead press I'm doing all that sitting down so I'm not like putting any weight on my feet at all um and I'm I'm kind of figuring out what's helping and what's not helping massage seems to help but like Mm -hmm. rolling a ball under my foot makes it way worse so I'm playing around with that I'm like trying to figure that out but um, mostly I'm just focusing on strength training a lot of accessory stuff hypertrophy stuff it's I don't know if I'm getting very far with it muscle growth is so slow for a woman especially when you're like not trying to gain weight it's like I'm constantly at odds with myself over what I want to do I I need to just like pick one mode and do that you know but it's um it's hard because I'm not where I'm I want to be fat wise but I don't want to um I want I still want to gain muscle so so I'm thinking working on a recomp 
seems like the best bet because that's pretty much all my body can do anyway. I tried bulking and stayed pretty much the same weight. I tried cutting, (laughs) stayed pretty much the same weight. Um, So yeah, I guess that's my body just wants to be at this weight. So I'm just going to keep plugging away the strength training, keep eating keto and I don't know. But we will talk about, tonight we're going to be talking about, uh, I say tonight, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm just so used to saying that. Um, But today we are going to be talking about basics of weight management, how to use calories in, calories out for weight loss, weight maintenance, weight gain, that kind of thing. Um, So if you are ready, Megan, we can get right into, uh, into the meat of it. Yeah. All right. Before we get started with any of this, I just want to say it's very important to always consult with a doctor before beginning any diet or exercise routine. We will be talking about both dieting and exercise. So the best way to get started with calories in, calories out is just figuring out what macros are. So for anyone who doesn't know what a macro is, that's a short word for macronutrient. And there are three main types of macronutrients that our bodies use for energy. And those are protein, fat, and carbohydrates. And these macronutrients give your body fuel to stay alive and fuel for activity. The calories are basically the units of measurement for that energy. So um, one gram of protein supplies four calories of energy, and carbohydrate also has four calories of energy. And one gram of fat supplies nine calories of energy. Um, Alcohol is kind of a fourth macronutrient in that it has calories, but it can't be used for fat loss or fat growth. Or I don't know how that works, how it works for energy, but it's not really a usable fuel source. And if you are consuming alcohol while you are trying to either lose weight or gain muscle, it's it's kind of, I don't know if it's detrimental, but it, it stalls that progress. Um, and we can uh, supply a link in the show notes to more information on that. But basically, while your body is processing the alcohol, it can't also be burning fat or um, synthesizing muscle because it's too busy doing that. So just a little side note on alcohol, but it is kind of a macronutrient because it does have calories. So where what you want to do now that you know what your macronutrients are is you want to figure out your total daily energy expenditure. And that's going to be how many calories you burn throughout the day based on your body weight and your activity level. So there are a few different ways to figure out your TDEE. You can use an online calculator. Um, There's one at leangains.com, if it fits your macros.com, keto gains. There's a bunch of different online calculators that you can use. Um, Or you can use a fitness monitor. I have the Garmin VivoActive heart rate monitor in my watch Uh, Basically, it just tracks how much calories I burn throughout the day. Not sure how accurate it is, but it's a a very useful tool to see like which days I'm burning more than other days anyway. Or you can get a DEXA scan, which is a body composition test that'll tell you accurately 
how much body fat and lean body mass you have. And with those numbers, it can give you an estimate of your daily energy expenditure. Megan, are you still there? I am. Okay. I, I, I heard... went and used a uh, calculator. Oh, you did? Okay. Mine all the time. Yeah. All right. So do you want to share your TDE? Yeah. Mine for light exercise, which is about what I'm doing right now, one to two days a week with my height and weight is 1,675 calories per day is my maintenance. I'm so jealous because <laughs> mine's like 1,236. And that that's, it's just like, if you want to cut calories from that, like you'd basically be eating a thousand calories a day, which is hard to live on. <laughs> Yes, my cutting is 1,175 calories per day to lose a pound a week. But I, because of my weight and stuff, I never try to cut that much to lose a pound a week. Right. Then it makes it really hard for me to have things to eat with my TDE. Yes. Yeah, I can't. Even when I when I was going to like a 500 calorie a day deficit, and we'll talk about this um, in a minute, but um, even when I did get that low, I still didn't lose any weight. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to basically starve myself for no gain here. Um, so basically what we are talking about as far as uh, caloric deficit is if you want to lose weight, you need to eat a certain amount of calories underneath your daily energy expenditure. So if like Megan, you're about 1600 calories and you want to lose one pound of fat, you're going to have to cut about 3,500 calories from your weekly budget. So one pound of fat is about 3,500 calories to burn. So over a given week, because there's seven days in a week, it comes out to 500 calories a day. So it gets tricky, though, because it's really going to depend on your activity level, how much you can comfortably, and your TDE to how much you can comfortably burn. So if you're like me and you have an extremely low, you know, daily calorie level, it's not really going to be a good idea to cut 500 calories per day because you're basically eating 800 calories per day or less. Now, that doesn't really factor in exercise. I tend to eat back my exercise calories just because otherwise I would starve. (laughs) Um, But it's really not safe to have that steep of a deficit, you know, when you have such a low calorie level. So it's better to cut back maybe 100 or 200 calories per day and do a slower weight loss period to have a more sustainable diet. Otherwise, you might crash and burn. You might have problems with binging. Um, I know that came up for me when I felt like I wasn't getting enough and I wasn't even hungry. That's the thing. Like on my cut, I wasn't hungry. I just felt so restricted mentally that I wanted to eat more at night. Like I didn't, it's, it's so weird. It's completely different mindset. Um, so anyway, as we said before, always check with your doctor, find out what's safe for you. But generally, a cut of about 20 to 25% of your total weekly calories should be fairly safe, depending on your body weight. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, make sure, um, track your weight daily or weekly and how many calories you're taking in, because you may find that even with the 100 to 200 calories, you may be losing more than you want or losing really quickly. 
And that way, just based on your activity levels or what you're doing, if you aren't eating back. So just track it and see and you can adjust from there. Or if you're really hungry and you're losing a lot, well, eat some more calories and you maybe lose a little bit slower, but you won't be as hungry. Right. That's a good point. I never have that problem with losing too much. So (laughs) that didn't come up for me. Um, So some other things to keep in mind as far as your macros go. Um, You want to aim for roughly one gram of protein per pound of body weight to prevent muscle loss. And that's a little, it's a little high, I would say. I think the recommended amount is 0.6 grams to 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. But, um, but I think one, one gram of protein is easy enough to remember and to calculate. And the, that little extra bit of protein is not going to hurt you at all. Um, there are some studies that show that extra protein may be beneficial for retaining muscle and some studies show that that's not it's not helpful at all but it it's not really going to hurt you one of the cool things about protein is that it has a higher thermic effect so thermic effect is how much energy it costs your body to burn that burn that macronutrient so like both fat and carbohydrates cost your body about 15 percent of that calories supplied to burn it. Um, whereas protein, depending on what your protein source is, can be 25 to 30%. So the four calories that you're getting from one gram of protein might come out to be about like two or three calories. <laughs> so that's why I tend to err on having a little bit higher protein because I don't feel like it's detrimental in any way, but I know that I'm getting enough for my muscles. So And then another thing about eating at a deficit is a good thing to do if you're interested in retaining muscle mass or even some people are able to build muscle while they're cutting. Um, You should be doing some kind of resistance training, whether it's body weight training, strength training, you know, anything that really forces your your muscles to work hard in, in that type of way with with resistance will help to retain your muscles. Um, And running, I think, can be a good way to do that as far as some muscles. I would say my legs definitely got a lot stronger when I was mainly focused on running, but the rest of me did not. So the more muscle mass you want to keep or build, I would recommend greater amount of strength training. Yeah, and so that's why... We used to talk about not just running on the podcast a lot and adding in the yoga, which can build strength in your upper body or, you know, some body weight fitness once or twice a week because you don't get, if you're going for muscle gain or even just general fitness to maintain, running is not going to hit all the parts of your body. Right. Yeah. And running is more of a cardiovascular exercise um, although it does build some muscles, uh, depending on what kind of running you're doing. Sprinting, for one, is highly anaerobic. So that's great for um, your lower body muscles. But, um, but generally, running is a cardiovascular exercise, so it tends to burn calories and energy more than anything else. Um, so that can be helpful when you're cutting. But the issue is once you start to get into a lot of cardio and not a lot of strength training, then you're, you're going to be hungrier. 
that's going to be an issue because the greater your energy demand, the greater your appetite's going to be. So it, it can be um, counterproductive for weight loss in some ways. I know when I was marathon training, I tended to put on weight because I was just constantly hungry. Um, and that's definitely gone down. I'm not that. <laughs> my, uh, my appetite's definitely decreased since I haven't been running that much. But yeah, cardio is definitely helpful for weight loss because it does burn calories. You just got to figure out the, the right amount for you to aid in your weight loss without being detrimental. Um, and then, oh yeah, back to the macros. So one gram of protein per pound of body weight, roughly. And then you want to fill the rest of your daily calories with fat and carbohydrate to your preference. So as long as you're staying at your target goal for the day, it doesn't really matter for weight loss where those calories come from. So there are some studies that show that people tend to lose more weight more quickly on a low-carb diet, um, but over a period of time, it kind of evens out with a low-fat diet. So just find you know what you prefer, what you feel best on, or experiment a bit like I, I tend to do. Um, I prefer eating very low-carb just because I feel like it's better for me health-wise. I haven't had any asthma attacks since I went back on keto. I haven't had a single one, and I used to have them all the time. Um, mm. And in my a lot of my other issues that I was having went away as well. So I, I feel much better on keto. I tend to lose weight better on keto. I definitely gain weight better on carbohydrates. So if I ever go through a serious bulking phase again, I may add carbohydrates back in. But uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's really just a matter of preference. What do you think, Megan? I don't track my anything actually, because it's very <laughs> stressful for me. Mm -hmm. But I kind of do, I guess, what they call intuitive eating, where I just eat when I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And that's when I eat. And I try to make sure that a lot of what I eat are balanced meals. Like I don't just eat candy for dinner. And I try to cut out a lot of the junk. Mm -hmm. I don't drink a lot of soda. And so I, my meals typically have like a meat and a carb and a type of vegetable. Very, I guess, southern type of meals. And that's just the way I eat, and it kind of makes it a little bit better for me. I'm bad about not eating breakfast just because of my schedule currently with school, mm -hmm. but I drink coffee every morning. So, Well, actually, a lot of that is um, some stuff that we'll be talking about on the next episode when we talk about more specific diet protocols and tips and tricks and stuff. But um, intuitive eating has recently be started becoming more popular. Um, I actually just read the intuitive eating book and mm -hmm. um because after you know deciding to come off of my cut I was just like I need to not track everything right now and I need carbs again for a little bit um and so I did read the intuitive eating book and and followed that for a little bit but for me it's uh it's too hard for me to not go overboard once I have a little bit of carbs um, and so that's my problem with it. Like, I need to find an intuitive eating method of being keto. That's what I need. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, the according to the book, like the whole premise is don't put anything off limits. You know, allow yourself 
to indulge if that's what your body wants or mentally if that's what you need. Um, because if you get into that restrictive mindset, then it's too easy to spiral out of control or um, to take it too far. So, um, but I, I tend to go too far the opposite direction with binging on, on junk food. So, uh, so that, yeah, that's, that's definitely one protocol to look into. And, um, as you, you also mentioned skipping breakfast, um, some people would call that intermittent fasting, which is also helpful. And I know we've mentioned that on the show before. So we'll talk about those things some more on the next episode to get back into the calories in, calories out, and aspects of weight management. We kind of covered, you know, eating at a deficit. So let's touch on gaining weight, specifically muscle mass. So most people don't want to just gain fat (laughs) when they say they want to gain weight. Most people say by gaining weight, they mean they want to gain muscle mass or, uh, you know, size or whatever. Um, And so to do that, you would want to eat at a caloric surplus, which means eat more than your daily expenditure, and you want to lift weights. And the reason for lifting weights is because that is how you would stress the muscle enough to cause it to grow. So just like with running, you have to stress your body to cause the adaptation. It's the same with strength training. Um, In order to stimulate the muscle to change and grow, you need to stress it in some way. So that is where lifting weights or any type of resistance training comes in, you know, whether it's body weight stuff, even yoga, as you said before, Megan, can can definitely help to strengthen the body. It's it is a form of body weight fitness, I would think. All right, so let's get into some specifics. So for women, since this is a women centric podcast, um, muscle grows a lot more slowly than it does for men unfortunately. So um, under ideal conditions, from what I've read, and I will again include links in the show notes, um, the most amount of muscle a woman can ideally gain per month is about one pound. For men, it can be one and a half to two pounds. So that can be frustrating (laughs) because um, in order to gain a pound per month, it only comes out to be a quarter pound per week. And a quarter pound per week is like, I don't know, 800 calories. So just a little over 100 calories per day. So you still have to track your calories pretty closely if you want to gain the maximum amount of muscle while minimizing fat gain. And there is no bulking. There is no gaining weight without any fat gain. Like, I don't think, pretty sure that's not possible. (laughs) Although if it were, I would want to know that secret. <laughs> but um, the best you can do is to minimize your surplus so that you, you're not gaining a lot of extra fat in addition to the muscle. So if you were to, say, increase your surplus to like 500 calories a day, well, only maybe 100 or 200 of that might go towards muscle gain because you can only synthesize so much muscle at a time, the rest of it's just going to get turned to fat unless you're burning it off, in which case it's not a surplus. (laughs) So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to, to get bigger, you have to eat more. Yes. So, um, for women who are afraid that lifting weights and eating more will make them bulky, 
and look like a bodybuilder, that's not going to happen. I can tell you that for sure, because I have been busting my ass to grow muscles, and it's damn near impossible as a woman. We just don't have the same types of hormones that you would need to do that. We have a little bit of testosterone in our bodies. We can make a a small amount of human growth hormone, um, and you really have to play with things to increase just that minimal amount that we get. Um, The only way that a woman can get bulky is if she's on steroids. So when you see female bodybuilders on Instagram or um, on the internet or wherever you see them, (laughs) um, almost for sure those women are taking enhancements because it's just not biologically possible to grow that amount of muscle on a woman's body. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've seen some girls in the weight, the powerlifting community who Mm -hmm. have a lot of muscles and are really strong. But those girls I know are taking in a lot of protein and are, they're lifting a lot and they're tracking their calories and macros to the T to gain muscle. So, and it's been over time and they still don't look like men, but they do have more muscle than your typical person, but they work really hard to get it. Right. So you're talking about like like female lifters on Instagram who have much more muscle than the common woman, but they're not like, you know, they don't look manly. They don't look bulky. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a different type of aesthetic, I would say. But yeah, like you said, these are women who have been training hard for years and diligently tracking and intending to get that big. You know, that's not something that just like you start lifting and then 12 weeks later, um, you look like a man. (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. It takes a a lot of work to even get as far as as most of these these women have gotten. So um, this is what I'm realizing. Like, it's just not going to like I was thinking like, all right, what's the most I can maximal maximally gain in one year? It's going to be at the very most probably about 12 pounds, and that's under ideal conditions. Constantly eating at a surplus, getting enough sleep, um, tracking everything, you know, and if I did gain those 12 pounds, I'm still only going to have raised my daily energy expenditure to about, I don't know, 1400 calories per day like it's still not that much like and muscle is also a lot more compact than fat is so like when you gain a pound of muscle you don't see that like in order to visibly see a difference in muscle it it takes months because because muscle is so much smaller and tighter than fat is do you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah anyway I'm, I'm mostly just venting right now <laughs> So, all right, where were we? I got to I got to go back here. All right, so we covered keeping the surplus minimal. Um again, you want to aim for about a gram of protein per pound of body weight to maintain muscle. So, if you are about 120 pounds, you want to aim for about 100 to 120 grams of protein per day. You don't need much more than that. Um some people do like to increase protein. And like I said before, it's it's pretty safe to do so unless 
you ha- are extremely insulin resistant and you go way over on your protein. So if you're eating like 300 grams of protein a day, that is going to affect your, your insulin response because um, protein is somewhat insulinogenic. So um, I know we haven't really talked about hormones that much on the show, but um, insulin is basically the fat storage hormone. So to minimize fat storage, you really do want to keep your insulin at a lower level and try not to stimulate it too much. And And we'll talk more about that on a future episode. Um, but just keep in mind, don't overdo it on the protein, <laughs> but make sure that you're getting enough to grow your muscles. And this is where the going to the doctor helps too, because if you have an autoimmune disorder or you have issues with your liver, kidneys, um, eating high protein levels can damage you. And if that's an issue for you, you probably already know it. But if you don't, it's where getting checked out by a doctor before you do exercise or a diet is beneficial. Absolutely. 100% agree. Yeah, there are definitely people who shouldn't be eating a lot of protein, just like there are people who shouldn't be eating a lot of carbohydrates or people who shouldn't be eating a lot of fat. Um, it's it's really important to be in touch with your body, well, be in tune with your body, and to talk with your healthcare provider if you do have any conditions that could affect your nutrition. All right, body recomposition. So basically what I'm attempting to do or want to attempt to do is eating at maintenance, but trying to decrease the amount of fat I have while trying to increase the amount of muscle, which is basically what I have been doing for the past year unintentionally. And the issue that I have with body recomp and why I'd really rather bulk or cut is because A, it's so slow. (laughs) You don't see the results. Like looking in the mirror every day, like going to the gym every day and looking in the mirror, like I see no difference from day to day. I take measurements. I see no difference. And so it feels like you're not getting anywhere, but it's just a really slow process. So highly recommend if you're interested in body recomposition, in addition to taking measurements, take pictures. (laughs) Pictures are helpful. Um, I posted a picture recently on my Instagram of a before and after from, let's see, I think the before I took in January and the after was just recently at the end of May. And I'm in those pictures, there's a one pound difference. And I think there's a much greater visible difference (laughs) than there is a weight change because there has been some recomposition going on. I I am stronger. I do have some more muscle, not a lot, but less body fat also. And when you have a small body, like little changes, I think are um, more noticeable. So like if you lose, if you're, you're obese and you lose five pounds, you can't really see a difference in that. If you are smaller and you lose five pounds, there can be a much greater visual difference. So this is where I think progress pictures are extremely helpful. So take pictures like once a month or whenever you feel is a reasonable amount of time for you. Um, I know it was helpful for me because on the last episode, I was telling Megan like, I'm cutting and I'm not seeing any difference at all. And then so the next day, like I thought about it and I'm like, I'll just take a picture and and see how it looks. And I sent you the picture, Megan. Uh Uh-huh. I think there's a difference. Do you think there's a difference? Yes. I was like, holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. 
I shared it on my Instagram, but I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep it up because I don't like having those pictures of myself out there for everybody to see. So if you want to see it, go see it now before I take it down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think pictures are helpful. And just keep in mind, if you're going to go the route of recomposition, you want to just be patient and know that it's a slow process. It's more of a lifestyle thing than anything. It's like you don't want to or can't cut in bulk. And so this is the alternative where you're just finding a routine that works for you, a way of eating that you can sustain and just going for gradual progress over time. And so the basic way to do that is eat at your maintenance amount, your total daily expenditure, and maintain some form of strength resistance. So I know I keep going on and on and on about lifting weights, but that's that's the trick to keeping the muscle. You can burn all the calories you want, but if you're not lifting weights and not getting enough protein, you, you could be losing lean body mass in addition to fat. So just want to reiterate that point. I think that's pretty much it. Um, The only thing I want to add to all of this is that as your body weight changes, if you're losing weight or gaining weight or whatever, you're going to need to reestimate your daily expenditure because if you get lighter, your energy expenditure is going to go down. Your basal metabolic rate, how much calories your body just burns at rest without doing anything, it's going to go down just simply because there's less of you to fuel. (laughs) Um, And then also as your activity level either increases or decreases, your energy expenditure is going to change. The less active you become, the less calories you're burning. So when I went from cleaning houses and running constantly to desk job and no running, (laughs) guess what? My daily calorie limit went way down. So that's also something to to keep in mind. Like Megan said earlier, the way to kind of keep track of all this is to just find a good app to keep track of your your calories, your macros. If you want to go that route, there's also the intuitive eating method, which I think would probably work well for um, maintenance, but maybe not so much for weight loss, depending on how much you have to lose. If you're like me and you have a very strict like limit (laughs) of how much you would need to lose any weight at all Um, intuitive eating I'm not sure would be helpful in that way because it would be it'd be really hard to fine-tune that I don't I don't know I I don't have enough experience with it to to say for sure there may be people out there who've, who've actually lost some weight eating that way and I'd love to hear from them if that's true But yeah, find yourself a good app if you do want to track. Um, Some examples are MyFitnessPal. There's the Lose It app, Avatar Nutrition, which I'm looking into. And if you really want to be precise, uh, FoodScale is extremely helpful. That will help you to know exactly how much you're eating because just a slight miscalculation, like just by looking at something, you can be so off on how much is actually there and how many calories you're actually ingesting. Um, I got a really inexpensive food scale from Amazon and I love it. Works great. Um, So that's something to, to keep in mind. Yeah. As long as you're, you're tracking what you're doing, you should lose weight if you're in a caloric deficit and you should gain weight if you're eating at a surplus it's basic thermodynamics. Unless you're me and you're on keto and 
your body really likes to stay at the weight that it is. <laughs> and then in that case, maybe recomp is for you. So um, it's also important to remember micronutrient density is important for health. While you can probably lose weight eating just Twinkies if you stick to your calorie limit, your health's probably going to suffer if you do that. So you want to focus on getting nutrient-dense whole foods for your body, and, and that will help you feel good too, I think. If you're eating a bunch of crap, you're not going to feel good. I know I don't. When I go crazy, like if I'm restricting for a long time, I don't normally, I'm not a very restrictive person. So this one cut that I did, even though I wasn't hungry, I felt deprived. And so I ended up binging quite a bit afterward. And I just felt awful. Horrible mood swings. The worst PMS I've had. Like on keto, I have like no PMS. I have like no menstrual cramps. I have very little like mood changes. But like binging like that, I was, it was a nightmare. Just the worst PMS. I was literally crying at work and I'm not that kind of person. So um, just something to keep in mind to focus on eating mostly healthy foods. And we can, you know, if, if anybody has some questions on you know, what kind of foods we're talking about. We're talking about, uh, you know, vegetables, fruit, meat, <laughs> eggs, nuts, milk, you know, I mean, depending on what diet you're on, just focus on eating unprocessed foods instead of stuff that comes in boxes or packages. Try a name for stuff that needs to stay fresh to be eaten. Um, that's a rough guideline on what I mean by um, nutrient dense. What do you think? I agree with that. And two, it helps you feel better. I feel like when I eat better than eating processed stuff. And I mean, I know that eating fresh stuff is more expensive by far. And so it can be harder or with time, it can be more difficult. So you can supplement with boxed stuff as needed. Just don't eat all of your meals out of a box. <laughs> Or you can be like me and not see any progress doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it really, it definitely depends on the product. So that's why I was saying it's kind of a rough guideline. Um, you know, there's a lot of healthy food that, you know, does come in a package. So, but I would say eating more fresh food is probably going to be better for you in the long run than eating a lot of processed foods. Yes. Um, all right. So I think that wraps up weight management, how calories in, calories out works. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on issues with weight gain or weight loss or weight management, recomposition, um, any of this, any specific diet protocols that um, you're interested in or have experience with and you'd love to share your thoughts on. Um, we'd love to hear all about that. So on the next episode, we will be talking about more specific types of um, diets and eating regimens and um, exercise also and some tips and tricks for fat loss and muscle gain. All right. So I think that wraps up today's show. I almost said tonight's. <laughs> uh, we will be back probably in a couple weeks with another episode. How's that sound, Megan? That sounds good to me. All right. All right. See you all next time. 
If you want to share anything, comments, questions, or your runs, you can email us at runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast. Tweet to us at runnergirlsshow. Tag us on Instagram at runnergirlspodcast or call the hotline at 207-200-3297. Download episodes at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.